if nothing else, in their hope, in their expectation, in their ability to not give up and dream dreams again if they've stopped. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And this is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. So I'm going to show you a picture of one of the greatest miracles that I've, uh, uh, Johanna is with a, a team to uh, Dominican Republic right now, and one of the main uh, players on the team is Jim and Ramona Ricard, and then uh, two other uh, evangelists, his name is Alan Scratch, and um, his wife Wanda, yeah, and you know him. I want to show you this miracle. Maybe I've showed it to you before, but it's fun to look at. And it's basically, I don't want to spend time on the story, but anyway, it was 2009. <clears throat> Just read it this morning, and he was dying, basically, of lung cancer. And so you're going to show the picture, see the picture very simply. I'm not going to go through the whole story of a lung and you can see the whole one lung that is covered with cancer. And then the next, next picture, you got to see. If you got that there. So the top one is loaded with cancer. Yeah, put, put, can you put your cursor right up there? Yeah, it's just loaded with cancer all the way around. And uh, 14 days later, through a series of prayers or whatever, the bottom one took place. Just like that. Is that gorgeous or what? <laughs> Go ahead and take a look at that for a second or two. Isn't that incredible? Uh, he, he couldn't hardly breathe. And I, it was just, it's fun listening to him tell the story. But uh, 
miracles just like this weekend. I privilege of being in church on Sunday. The amazing, uh, the uh, awesome God story. Oh, that, was, that was neat. Thank you, Jesus, for what he does. So tonight, I have had something on my heart, and I just pray in about 45 minutes I can, I can just uh, lay this out for you. So I'm coming from the angle right now of 2 John, I mean, 1 John um, chapter 2 and verse 16. And I'll just put it up here. You don't have to go to that right now. But, and everything that is in the world, do you realize that you were delivered out of the world, but you're still in it? Do you ever find yourself getting in the flesh? So here's the first thing that is all in the world. And when we're done, I'm going to ask in the name of Jesus that you will be free. You'll never be free from it, but that God will convict you of something and that you will be set free. And I believe that the lust of the eyes is materialism. Stuff. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we can be delivered of it. The second thing is the desires or the lust of the flesh. And there's strongholds that live in our life. They include um, any kind of sensuality, strongholds, alcohol, substance, pornography, different things that are in our life, anger. So that's another one. I sure hope it's okay that I stick on here these beautiful things. Yucky. All that yucky stuff on there. But this third one, in a church like this, and in a life like mine, is the big one. And this is the one that the Lord usually addresses all that is in the world and that has tried to overtake us and will until you die. The third thing is pride. I will never forget the nights. I always had a night that I focused on pride at Strawberry Lake. And it was always the most deep, the most incredible experience because pride is, pride, pride has a powerful masking, cloaking ability, a way to weasel out. You can do something, you can manipulate, do things with your anger. You can do things in your rage, and do things in a religious spirit. And I'm asking the Lord Jesus to, to show you something that might be there. Um, so the message that I have is extremely simple. In fact, I'm going to do it in two times. I'm, the, a month from tonight, I believe, I'll be here and I'm going to finish it. So the four things that I'm asking the Lord, so, the, so what this is called is expressions of miracles, healings, and faith. Healing faith and miracles. So let's talk about the word expression for a minute. It's defined right here in the next slide, Mr. De, Pastor Dean. The process of making known one's thoughts and feelings. Conveying of the face or voice in a work of art or a performance. Pieces of music, their instruments had variety of expressions. The look on someone's face conveyed a particular expression. So what I'm going to, to try to paint a picture of is that when we see a miracle, when we see the grace of God, when we see the acting uh, trinity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they express, and there's more than this, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm going to show you four things that literally make up a miracle that is expressed from them into us, out of us, into someone that needs a miracle. And the, the expression of worship, well, the four things are grace, 
and faith and thanksgiving and compassion. Those are the four things I'm going to be going over. Grace and faith. That's what I'll focus on tonight. The next time I'll be focusing on thanksgiving. I was just talking to mom Sunday morning about this. Thanksgiving. She, she told me, this, this is my mom, famous person sitting right there. The Thanksgiving is truly one of the most important and powerful things that we can do. So you'll notice that in this process of a miracle in your life, there's stuff that God does that you can't do. We were listening to uh, music videos this afternoon, and I looked over because this powerful song was going on in the background. There was somebody dancing, and sure enough, it was a little girl about this high, and I couldn't get my eyes off her because she looked like Gracie. God wants us to receive his grace. He wants us to receive literally his grace so that by faith we can become like a child. If at the end of it all you can become like a child, you'll be great. Isn't that a great paradox? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> our son, our, our grandson, our favorite one lately, I shouldn't take time with this, but I got to. He, he's, he's, he's goofy, you know, he just, he, you want him to just chew his arm or something. They're just, how do you explain grandkids? It's just, so, one time I was talking, I said, what time is it? And he said, it's time of lunch. And, and it means it's time for lunch. He's got some cartoon or something that he watches, and the guy says, it's time for lunch. But he doesn't say that. He says, it's time of lunch. It's time of lunch. And so I asked my wife, what time is it anyway? She says, it's time of lunch. And that's just the, that's, that's what God does in us. He, he makes us childlike. He, he changes the needs of all the stuff, materialism, yeah, you don't want to be up there, do you? You've got to be exposed. Materialism, love of money, the root of all kinds of evil. Anyway, let's keep going, Pastor D. Lord, help me. I need a lot of help here. So I'm going to use the word presence. One that you don't hear a lot, you hear uh, unmerited favor. And I'm, I'm going to literally define in the next uh, 15 minutes the word grace as presence. Presence what? Presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he wants to come and, he wants to come and change you with his presence. Kind of like... When I'm in the presence of my grandkid, I, I change. I, I'm goof, goofy, googly. I, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I can't, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, there's just something, and, and that's the way God thinks about you. So let's keep, let's move on here. So everybody knows the foundation of our miracles is grace, God's presence. By grace, say with me, are you saved through faith? Salvation, miracles, healing cannot be separated from grace and faith. You can't. <laughs> How do I get saved? By grace through faith. Not just grace. And for sure not just by faith. But by grace through faith. And the two of those things work together. And they will scope the entire pitifulness or power of your life. If you don't have that, if you don't have his presence that, that generates his grace, you will gather a spirit of anger at a certain time and you will abuse somebody with words. You'll manipulate with words. You'll say something that is not from God. You'll do something. You say, why? Where did that come from, first of all? And why did I do that? Because his presence wasn't there. His grace wasn't. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Lots of examples here. 
I love these. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses. In fact, when I sign my book, I, I say, Ephesians 3.20, dream big. Let's, see, let's read it together. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly miracles, faith, and healing. Above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works, the presence that works to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So there's the, there's the dream. What can you do? Anything that you can imagine. If you have depression... You need, to, you, you, need to, you need to get in his presence, right? Boy, I am not pointing a finger or scolding someone or judging someone because depression is one of the greatest problems in our whole society. Suicidal thoughts and attempts and the stuff that surrounds it, anger, fears. The answer is God's grace his presence. But it doesn't help anything if you don't have your faith and you do something. You, you join your faith with his grace. I know you understand. Let's keep going. Let's read this. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present yourself members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." So if you're in a place where you wake up in the morning and, and you don't feed yourself with the word of God and you don't get in his presence, you will get under the law. You will stumble. You will fall in one of these traps that are in the world. And so, and so for you, as the as the. Christian one, one who does your devotions every morning. You never miss. You, you're a very spiritual person. This is the one you got to look at. It's pride. Spiritual pride. There's such a humility. Um, I did a study on pride and, and I put it in five categories. Pride, independence, Selfishness, conceit, and pretense. Pride, independence, selfishness, conceit, and pretense. Pretense is a powerful word. Pride, independence, selfishness, conceit, and pretense. And of course, I have something on the other side. It's humility and meekness and brokenness and contriteness and purity. No more pride, God, but humility. No more independence, Lord, but meekness. Yielding up my rights. Ooh. That's, that's the definition of meekness. Yielding up your rights. But it was my right to be angry, to, to have unforgiveness. Not according to the word. Selfishness. Brokenness. Conceit. Contrite. And pretense. 
purity. Every time I've been impure, it's when I had a conniving idea that I was going to fulfill something within myself and my motive became wrong and I transgressed my Lord and my Savior. And when I face it, face it straight in the eyes, God sets me free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep going. Ephesians 2, the classic Faith and grace scripture. you got to memorize this. You have to. I, I throw this at the 80, 90, 100-year-olds every single week. Folks, by grace, you're saved through faith. By grace, you are saved through faith. Um, anyway, let's read it. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace are we saved, have been saved, and raised up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Stop right there for a minute. So what is your location when you're in his presence? You're not just sitting in a chair on the ground in the world. According to heaven's uh, book, you are seated, seated with him in heavenly places. Take a couple mornings and just meditate on that one. Hallelujah. I'm above all principalities and powers. I cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God. And I get higher. I'm in the place of God in heavenly places. I'm, I'm, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, amen. That in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, come on, through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to the next one. The Son of God. Let's read it. John 5, 19. The Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. What is the key to this life? What is the key to overcoming in this life? You don't do anything. Anything. Nothing. Unless, unless the Father shows you to do it. Should have got this ready. Thank you, Jesus. I'll share it the next time. So, as we, as we just continue to identify pride and to identify every single individual has a different stronghold, different weakness. Some are, some, some are just more blatant than others. Can I say it that way? But the moment you point your finger at somebody, it just it can't and doesn't work, right? So God, by, by your presence... I think we're going to get something into Graham Cook here, right after James 4, I think. Let's read it. You ask and you did not receive because you ask with the wrong motive, with the wrong motive, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses do not know that friendship with the world 
is an enemy with God. Listen to this now. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend with the world makes himself an enemy of God, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God in his presence. Resist the devil by faith and he will flee from you. He does not stand a chance. Ever thought about God resisting you? Does that sound like an encouraging thing? No, think about it though. Think about when you're in pride, when you when you when you have when you're, there's this barrier, and I am right and you are wrong. Just remember that. When you're in that place, literally you're you're, you're, you're putting a barrier between you and his presence and literally you're resisting God and, and he is resisting you. God resists proud. God, does it say God resists non-Christians that are proud? I, I, don't, I don't read that. I felt resisted by him when I, when I wasn't listening and when I when I wasn't in the right place. So so folks, you have to you have to get in his presence and you have to let him speak to you. You have to let him speak. The faith thing then that's that's how we change nations is we, we get out of ourselves and financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, we begin to move in places of faith. Sometimes faith comes in your, in your door. You know, when I was first married, that was my, our, our first, my first, uh, when I had the gift of faith is when I came home almost every day and we heard the neighbor screaming at his wife and beating, throwing her across the room. We, we could hear her him do this to her so one day I came home and I looked at her and I said I'm going in I'm going in so she said he's big he's ugly he 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 has glasses like this and they look coke bottle glasses and uh, we hadn't never got that close to him before but so I walked out the door, and sure enough, I got about halfway across the driveway. It was two trailer houses, and he looked at me. He says, what? What do you want? And my legs walked a little farther, and my, I, was, I was just shaking like that inside, but I knew that I needed to address that, that thing. That it was a lion spirit because we we knew the gal a little bit. Anyway, I gotta get through this story quick. So the next thing I was face to face with him, and his fist was just like this, and my arms were down like this, and I was going my And um and he started screaming at me about nothing. He was drunk and he started screaming at me, and he was face to face and spitting beer breath in my mouth, almost like, you know, <laughs> it was an awful moment. She was next door, I think, looking through a window. Oh, dear Lord, help my little skinny little skinny, help my skinny little husband. <laughs> I wasn't big and intimidating by any stretch of the man. I was looking up and his eyes were this big. And anyway, out of the depths of my spirit came words. In the name of Jesus, come out. Pretty intelligent words, huh? Um, I knew that was in the Bible. That's about the only thing I could remember at the time besides praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, but something changed. 
Like say after two or three minutes, something changed and he was in a foxhole in Vietnam. And he started talking about God. I've never talked to him before in my life. He started talking about God and some semblance of, you know, you could tell something happened at the moment and he knew what I represented somehow in the name. And so anyway, a couple minutes later, some, for some reason there was kids there. I don't remember why they were there. I just remember, what, it, huh? What? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why they came. So anyway, he, said, he started screaming. Uh, so anyway, out of the, I said, finally, I, I looked at him, and I says, in the name of Jesus, and I screamed at the top of my lungs, come out of him! And so I was braced to meet heaven, you know? Um, and so, but I didn't have a whole lot of faith. But anyway, anyway, his head dropped down. He looked up, and there was a tear rolling down his face, and he said, thank you. And why am I telling the story? But anyway, because, because we have authority over this. Even when I didn't know better. Even when I didn't understand. So I prayed over him. Oh yeah, when I screamed, come out of him, all those children ran. Like they, <laughs> they were, it was interesting. God gave us authority. He gave us authority. Sometimes when we're in the muck, my wife looks at me and says, you, you're the husband of this home. Take authority. I said, oh, oh, yeah, I better do that. (laughs) My head is in my, you know, someplace else. Okay, Tim, do it. No, no, seriously, it was smart for you to do that. Kick me in the blessed assurance and say, do it. Because he's given you the authority, so do it. Folks, do it. You say, well, I don't have a husband, you know, that does that. I understand. Do it yourself then. Let's keep going. I think we got a quote by, nope, one more scripture. I love this one. Say say it with me. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld, we came close to him, our presence, the expression of his grace, I embraced his glory. You can call it many things, glory, presence, grace, Shekinah. Grace, oh, I, I just, the Lord gave me this one day. Grace always points to the cross. The cross always points to the resurrection. Because we're the only ones. You want to know where your authority comes? Where does your authority come? It comes because you're the only person. Persons. A Christian is the only one that has a God that conquered death. You know, that guy could have killed me. I would have just been in heaven. But that's not, that wasn't his plan. That's not, that's, uh, it is most of the time, now, it's, it's my job to peddle life, to give life, to speak life, to do life, to do grace through faith. That's how, but when I'm in his presence, when I have his grace, and I act in faith, miracles, faith, and healings will happen. It's the truth. Here we go. Graham Cook. Let's, let's read this whole, this whole uh, deal here. How many of you love Graham? I love just the way he talks. The divine advantage, empowering presence. The divine advantage, miracles, faith, and healing starts in the place. I added the faith, healing, and miracle part. Starts in the place of Jesus establishing his righteousness on the same ground of grace that rules over sin. 
We are not dealing with our sin nature anymore. We are learning to overcome in a way of righteousness. Where we felt helpless and defenseless, we now have power and security. His grace empowers us to raise up and overcome. It is completely and legally sufficient for all of our circumstances and all the people said. Jesus died and he rose from the grave so that what we might become rich in his presence. Through grace, we now have the opportunity to partake of his divine nature and experience the majesty of his life within us. So here's the question. I know a lot of people that go to this church and this church and this church, and they just somehow touch the surface, and they never... They're scared of all the Holy Spirit stuff and all the, the real presence, the acting from grace and faith. You know, it's okay. I, let, let them stay where they are. I, it's, I don't have any judgment. I have had the greatest time at Gold Pine with Catholic people. They just, they're dedicated. They're, they, 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 lit, they, lit, they listen to every word that comes out of my mouth. And of course, I've given them the salvation message about 3,000 times. Just, you're going to get it. You're going to get the salvation message. You're going to hear it. It's this simple. Not something you do. It's by grace through faith. You have to do something. You have to believe. And so if you're in front of someone, just simply act in faith out of the graceful presence of of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and Father God that live on the inside of you. Amen? What's next? We no longer have to live from a place of guilt, shame, and condemnation and all the people said. Or negativity because grace as his empowering presence dominates all these things. Let's go to John 14. Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who has faith believes in me, in the works that I do, greater works shall he do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, he will do it. Whew. Okay, let's go to faith. Next. Oh, there's a story here first. So here's the prodigal son. I mean, the, the, the rich young ruler. And the reason I love this story is because the religious person is, is, is me. Right, Mom? If, if we have an Achilles heel, it's, it's that, that we never drank beer and we never chewed and went with girls that did and all that stuff, right? We, but you see, I'm some, sometimes I'm miserable. And why is that? Because I stay, I, I get away from his grace somehow. So this is this guy coming for salvation, but listen to his motives. Listen to what he does. As he's going on the road, he came this man, the rich young ruler, came and he, he didn't just say hi. He knelt. Before him and asked, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Do you not know the commandments? And notice he leaves out, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He, he leaves it out. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of a king to uncover it. If you want to be close to God, you will search after him. 
You will dig in the word. You will search after principles. You'll learn what pride is. You'll learn what pretense is. You'll learn what your Achilles heel is. And you will define it very clearly so that it, when it stares you in the face, you will know exactly how to combat it. Why do you call me good? There's not anybody good but one. And that is God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he was jumping up and down. He said, <laughs> he said, I've done all those since I was a youth. That Jesus looked at him and said, one thing you lack, go your way. You see, you see the deliverance that could or could not take place here. Jesus has the answer and the rich young ruler has an answer. He's good and he knows it. But riches has him. Riches has him. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasures in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad. Isn't that a wonderful cross? Isn't that a great song? You guys sang it really well tonight. The follow me. But he's, he was sad at his word and went away sorrowful. The bondage, the world that was setting in the very gut of his life could not be broken. Why? Because he knew all ten. Jesus quoted about seven of them, but, but he left out the most important one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I, I think it's the funniest. Jesus, do, do you know how, how God is? He's a puzzle. How God is? He's a secret. How God is, he's a mystery. How God is, God is, is, is a mystery. He wants you to uncover the mystery for your life, for your marriage, for your heart, to unlock the key to joy, unlock the key to freedom, abundant grace. Exceeding grace. There's about, I, I think I counted 13 different kinds of grace. Under grace, exceeding grace, abundant grace, um, manifold grace. Uh, anyway, there's, find them. Undig them, dig them out. Let's read uh, one of my faith uh, scriptures. The woman at the well uh, is talk, talking about relationship. The woman at the well, first he called him Jew. Then he called him Sir. Then he called him, I perceive that you are a prophet because you just told me everything that I ever did. And then as, as, as she, she got it, she wanted to be part of the presence of Christianity. She wanted to be in the very beginning stages of, 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 of the dispensation of grace. The dispensation of the law and what she was into or what, what, what everyone... See, Jesus arrived on the scene full of grace and truth. He arrived on the scene to, to instill and to put into each and every one grace and truth or faith. Grace and faith so that you could exist, so that you could do his kingdom, so that you could multiply in his kingdom. And then finally he called him Messiah. And it doesn't say Lord in that passage, but that's what finally happened. Because she went and she says, come, come and see this man that tells me everything I know. And he gave me living water. Oh, water is another. Water is made up of three parts. Two parts of hydrogen. The Father, grace. Jesus, grace. And the third part, oxygen, the Holy Spirit. 
water. Water to me is a symbol. I, no, that's just something I dug out. That's just my, my theory. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they make up, they make up water. So there. So my second thing tonight, I'm, not, I'm just going to take five minutes here because I want to I wanna have time to pray with you. Let's just go through the first. So I'm using the word expectation. First presence by grace and expectation. Proverbs 25, oh, I've been talking about this all night. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings. Revelations 1.6, he has made you to be kings and priests unto your God. And all the people said. So let's do this uh, story, Luke 18, 35 to 31. Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a blind man sat on the road begging, and hearing the multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried out, He had a need, and he understood that the presence, this, he heard it. Other people were healed. And of course, that's what happens in all these miracles. Folks, don't be afraid of miracles. Don't be afraid to testify about it. Be smart and be wise. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went out before warned him. Why would they do that? Religious spirit. They were walking with Jesus and they were, they were living in a religious spirit. Could you ever see yourself doing that? Yeah. <laughs> but he cried out all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, ah, have mercy on me. And, and so his miracle came through faith. They commanded him to be brought to him. He come, Jesus did. And when he, he came near, let's unlock the mystery. What do you want me to do for you? He did that every time. And Jesus, in front of you, in your devotions, in the morning, he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? He's asking you. You say, but he already knows. What's his problem anyway? He already knows me. He, know, he knows what I need. Don't ask me why, but he wants you to ask in faith. And anything you ask according to his will, come on, say it, it will be done. Incredible. That I might receive my sight. He said, go ahead, receive your sight my faith, Jesus' faith, has made him well. Uh-uh. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. for this message. I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, I, I do. I, I, I feel like, again, I want to praise you for our president and for what went on last night. I think his heart is to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with his God. Maybe his antics are what we thought or whatever, but God, help this entire nation. Let us be a part of not only an economy that is moving forward, but a spiritual kingdom economy that is full of grace and truth and faith in the name of Jesus. So here's what I'm going to ask. I don't ever have a service where I don't do this. So I would like someone who has a stronghold that has been bugging you ever since I put these three papers up here. And you're bold enough to say, um, I want it to be broken in my life. 
So when you, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do it publicly. Just in this case. Because when, if you're bold enough, you want, if you want it bad enough, strong, if, if, if it is strong enough in you that you want it to be broken, then it will. And it will also minister to somebody else. So is there someone here that says, I have this, and I, I want to present it before God, and I want it to be broken? Who, who would be bold enough to do that? So we can do this a couple more times here, but the, of course the key is when you go home, and you're standing in the presence of the Lord, and he's, he's giving you a mandate for something in your life. It's been here, but Lord... This person hurt me in this way, and that's the reason I have this stronghold. Don't matter. One or, one or two more? Anybody else? Pain. What about it? All right. So, chronic pain. Come on, come on up here. Craig and Sony, would you guys would you come and uh, and pray for this pain? So I tell you what, I'm going to take five more minutes, and as you guys just pray, I'm going to I'm going to have you guys just pray for her, and and I'm I'm going to ask if one or two other people we will not do this publicly. We'll uh, let me just close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this night. I once again, I just. Refresh our memory that in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray for our sister and that as they lay hands on her, that this life of chronic pain, we, we will not accept it from this day forward, and neither will she. And as we're closing the service today, I pray that people would be free to come up, Lord God, or go home and into their private sanctuary and be, let things be broken even from their childhood. Materialism and pride, religious, alcohol, bondage to alcohol. You say, well, I don't drink anymore. Yeah, but, but it's changed. It's been moved over to something else. T TV or, or what, whatever it may be. The, 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 the spirit is still haunting you. It's still bugging you, and it needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. So, Father, as I dismiss these wonderful people, I ask you to give them a commission to be kings, to search out the matter, Lord Jesus, of their infirmity, of their Achilles heel, the thing in their life that is weighing them down, the thing that is keeping them from strong faith. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So. If you want to stay and pray, that would be wonderful. Otherwise, have a great night. Thank you so much for coming out. Stay warm.